0: I am Gabrielle Gonzalez, host of the Mindful Revamp podcast. This is a space for exploring the power of mindfulness, how to be mindful, and how to revamp the you that exists on a moment-to-moment basis. So often as humans, we become deeply attached to our habitual patterns, even when they no longer serve our highest good, and even if we don't mean to. And yet, As humans, we also have the ability to utilize our awareness in order to make long-lasting change for the better. As a licensed marriage and family therapist, mindfulness coach, and creative being, I aim to support listeners in unlocking their emotion, power, and passion to live to the fullest. Hey, welcome back. It's me again, and I'm excited to share with you the topic of the anxious habit loop. This is a concept that has been absolutely life-changing for me, both personally and also professionally. I can't tell you how many times I've shared this concept in my direct therapy sessions with a large number of clients. And it's been pretty helpful. And what I'd like to start by saying is that our brain is wired to help us. It is at its core meant to support us in survival. And so it learns to do the things that feel better. It learns to do the things that are soothing to us, even if those behaviors, whatever they are, have adverse consequences in themselves. This concept of the anxious habit loop came from Dr. Judson Brewer's research and his book, Unwinding Anxiety. If you haven't already heard about this book or considered checking it out, this is your sign. (laughs) Unwinding Anxiety is an amazing book and i'm gonna dig into the reasons why and why it can start that the concept of the anxious habit loop can start helping us today in shifting our relationship to self and in shifting our regular patterns of behavior so that we can achieve the results that we're really looking for and what i hear from a lot of people and i know for myself as well oftentimes we're just looking to feel more at peace with our life situations so let's go ahead and dig into the concept of the anxious habit loop now so what is the anxious habit loop this is a really simple idea here we are one triggered by something happening in our lives we then two respond with a certain behavior and then three experience a result after engaging in whatever that behavior is when the result of our behavior is rewarding in some way the brain is conditioned to repeat that behavior why well the lower region of our brain the deep region of the brain closest to the brainstem is responsible for our fight, flight, freeze response. It is the oldest part of the brain. It's the first part of the brain that develops when we are in the womb. And in fact, it is also the part of the brain that has been with us as the human race since the beginning of our evolution. Over time, throughout the evolution of our human race, as well as throughout the evolution of our individual brains. We build layers upon layers of brain on top of this lower deep region that is responsible for survival, that fight, flight, freeze response. And this eventually develops into our prefrontal cortex and isn't fully developed until much later on in life. We're looking at late 20s, early to mid 30s. So this older part of our brain has a very, very strong and powerful role in guiding the behaviors that we choose to engage in. And a lot of times, those behaviors are automatic. They are unconscious. We simply do things automatically without thinking about it because the lower region of the brain says, I got you. I know how to help you through this. I'm going to lead you to do the same thing that you've done before that worked, at least to some extent. The behavior either allowed you to avoid experiencing the discomfort that came along with whatever was triggering you or it allowed you to gain control, to really take hold of a situation so that you felt more powerful in it. So I'm going to give you an example of how we might do one or the other. Let's say somebody is triggered in their relationship because they don't feel heard. In response to this trigger, they lash out They raise their voice and they become really activated and fierce in an argumentative type of way. The result of this is perhaps they did gain control of the situation and maybe their voice was heard. However, the brain, when it learns to repeat this pattern, eventually doesn't allow for its person to experience the same reward. Eventually that behavior may result in further triggering circumstances. Like in this example, I'm giving part of the result here now could be ongoing relational stress and tension. Let's talk about the idea of avoiding discomfort. Say someone is triggered by the amount of tasks and work they have to do. Their behavioral response is they procrastinate because they're feeling so overwhelmed. The result and the reward in the result is I don't have to think about it. And so I feel a little bit less stressed now. In addition to that, over time, part of this result is no longer rewarding because part of the result is now I'm not getting anything done and I have heightened anxiety as a result. So here are two examples of how the anxious habit loop forms as well as how it continues because when the result of our behavior is not offering us rewards often enough, we are then becoming further triggered and so thrown into yet another habit loop. A little bit of information on what this felt like for me when I started learning these things and identifying my anxious habit loops. There were so many. In Unwinding Anxiety, the first step, first gear of understanding your habit loops so that you can begin eventually transitioning out of them into something better and more helpful is mapping out your habit loops, starting to become aware of what your patterns of behavior are, and then identifying what is triggering you to engage in that behavior. Not only that, but also identifying what is the result of my action and how has it been rewarding to me at some point in my life. We just start mapping them out, writing them down, drawing them out, whatever feels authentic to you. I'll tell you, when I started doing this for myself, I identified over 20 habit loops that were occurring almost every 15 minutes of my day all day long. And they were subtle things that I identified like experiencing increased tension in my body when stressed, acknowledging myself leaning forward in an uncomfortable way during my therapy sessions, or ruminating on things that I was feeling worried about. This was happening all the time, which tells me that with increased awareness, we would probably all find that we're experiencing these habit loops on a really consistent basis. This, my friends, is not a bad thing. In fact, this is a good thing if we're going to place judgments on it at all. It can be an extremely beneficial thing if we can be intentional about our behavioral responses to our triggers, because if these habit loops can happen that frequently, if we can engage in intentional and effectively soothing strategies on a regular basis, we can teach the brain to do that all the time, which is incredible. I also want to note that our brains have plasticity. They are capable of changing. We can mold them by mindfully becoming more aware of what we think, how we feel, what we do, and then by mindfully implementing behaviors that are giving us what we want, what we're looking for. Are we looking to feel more joyous, more content, at peace? Are we looking to feel understood? Well, there are ways of accessing those things in healthy and supportive manners. So... Thinking about these topics, I invite you to start considering how you might begin mapping out your own habit loops. And as you do, the real challenge here is to do so with non-judgment. You are observing yourself engaging in these habits with acceptance and keep in mind, Acceptance doesn't mean that we're saying, I like this, or I choose to tolerate this. I'm accepting it, so whatever, I'm not going to change. Absolutely not. That is not what acceptance is. Acceptance is just saying, I choose to observe this reality for what it is in the here and now. And in observing it with non-judgment, I can empathize with myself. And when I empathize with myself... I feel a bit more grounded and in control and able to make the positive changes in my life that I like to make. So, non-judgment people. And I I can't harp on this enough because I know we're all doing it all the time. It's what we're used to doing. And It's also probably related to the fact that that lower region of the brain has learned that judging something as good or bad is helpful. And that's okay. In some ways, it can be. Not all the time, though. So let's talk a little bit about how you can start practicing mindfulness in order to take control of these habit loops in a better kind of way. So digging into my favorite topic, mindfulness. Mindfulness, the awareness that arises as we pay attention on purpose to the present moment with non-judgment. What are we even paying attention to? Well, pretty much anything and everything that you can. Whatever you can experience through any one of your senses is something that you can connect with intentionally in the here and now. Also, observing the thoughts that come up in your mind and observing the emotions that flow through your body. The difference between observing your thoughts and attaching to your thoughts. Observing thoughts means you are just looking at and noticing what is currently happening in your mind, almost as though you are listening to someone speak and then writing the words that they speak on a whiteboard in front of you. So you're Pretty much going through the same thoughts twice but with intention attaching to thoughts means that we are experiencing let's say triggering thoughts about ourselves or our circumstances or the people around us and then we build on it we create stories around the thoughts that we are having in the here and now these stories may or may not be reality at all and Are more than likely related to the past and to the future and that could mean 10 seconds ago or 10 seconds from now when we observe we are just in the present moment when we attach we are literally attaching stories to what is in the here and now so we are separating ourselves from the present moment and in doing so we lose control over our ability to take intentional and truly helpful action. When we can select a time of day, a place that we can go, and this could simply be your restroom at your house or a corner of the room or just right outside your front door. When we can select a time and a place where we are generally feeling pretty calm and grounded, we can most effectively practice mindfulness skills. When our brain is feeling calm, we are more connected to that prefrontal cortex, which is that frontal region of the brain responsible for all our higher level thinking skills, our ability to control our impulses, problem solve, focus, communicate, and learn. So this is why it's important to practice mindfulness, not just when you're going through something hectic or stressful, but before we want to grow that muscle. We want to strengthen our abilities before we are up against the challenging situation. This allows for us to build muscle memory around the use of mindfulness so that when we do encounter something stressful, we're in an argument with a loved one, we're overwhelmed by the amount of work or tasks that we have to do, we're experiencing a loss or some sort of crisis in our lives. The brain says, I got you. I know what works, I know what helps. And it'll be easier to jump right into action with mindfulness practice. So as you are experiencing stress or crisis or chaos around you, you become naturally able to tune in to some of the subtle experiences of the present moment in order to help the lower region of your brain feel safe and secure. And the more safe and secure that region of your brain feels, the less a need there is to fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, people please. This is why we choose to be intentional about practicing mindfulness on a regular basis in spaces that feel pretty chill. It's going to help you. It can help all of us because the research proves it. The research demonstrates that use of these skills strengthens our neural pathways and our ability to manage stress way better than we may typically experience in our lives. So I invite you right now, identify a time of day, a space that feels calming for you, and keep in mind, you don't have to practice for very long. You can literally set a two-minute timer, sit down or stand or lay in whatever place you've selected as your cozy spot, And start with a sensory check-in. Name a few things that you can see, smell, touch, or hear, or taste. Name what you're feeling, what you're thinking about. Perhaps you even pull out a sheet of paper and you write down what you're thinking without building on it, without creating additional story around what's coming up in your mind right here, right now. And as you take in the environment around you, your focus is just here and now. So let's say you notice a painting or a photograph. You are not then thinking about when the photograph was taken, where you'll be putting it later on when you eventually move or whatever changes happen in your life. You are just focusing on. The existence of the photograph, the colors in the photograph, the shadows, the texture, where it's placed on the wall or in the space that you are in. That's the trick here. And that's why we need practice because our brains may not typically do that automatically. But the hope here is that we can create new automatic behaviors that feel great and allow us to experience more peace in our lives and more control over those habit loops so that we spiral less and take intentional action more. I believe in you, and the reason I believe in you is because if you're listening to this now, you have a human brain, and our human brains are innately capable of healing, growing, and evolving to support us in the best ways possible. Happy healing, folks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mindful Revamp podcast. I'm so excited to continue our journey of revamping ourselves through use of mindfulness skills and mental health knowledge so that we can become the most authentic and powerful versions of ourselves. If you're looking for deepened support, please visit my website, mindfulrevampinc.com, and stay tuned for my soon-to-launch program on helping anxious achievers transform their behavior so that they can feel more confident, present, and proud. Looking forward to having you next time.